Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Oh, this is a beauty of a conversation that, hey, I wish you were there to be part of. It's one of those conversations, maybe after you've had a few glasses of wine or beer, where you just get into the flow with your mates and you start talking about life, life's purpose. You start getting philosophical. Uh, you know, start attaching meaning to things and questioning actions and just really being thought-provoking in your dialogue. And that's exactly the conversation we had today. What are we going to talk about? Well, in this flow of a chat over the course of an hour and 20 minutes, we first talk about kids' growth. So my kids have just come out of their school holidays. And we talk about how I wanted to encourage their growth and their accountability at such a young age so they can get the most out of their holidays. We then moved on to morning rituals for both kids and adults and how a good morning routine can help you be consistent in high achievement. We then speak about expediency versus meaningful action. You know, the choice between immediate gratification and actions that can help bring deeper value to you and others. We then talk about my transformation just briefly and how me pivoting towards third order consequences made a huge difference in terms of how I showed up and the kind of actions I take day to day. We then hit on the hashtag, the mantra of adaptation, which is be your best. We kind of unpick that a little bit. What does that mean? And what does that mean to you? And there's three levels of be your best. And we talk through those. And then lastly, we get into a real high level lofty debate on life's purpose and drive. And really the need to attach to the highest level purpose, which is nature. And what is nature's purpose? It is to evolve, to advance, not only human species, but all of nature. And how do we contribute to the bigger picture, the bigger machine, the machine that we're a very small and insignificant part, but we could have a huge impact both individually and collectively. So listen, you can hear the passion through my voice. I loved having the conversation. I loved listening to it back and we hope you enjoy it just as much. I've got one more week and these kids get out of my hair, man. Have you been uh, a busy dad through the holidays then? It's the first year, right? Yeah. Think about it. My kids are eight and five, and it's the first year that I've had um, the opportunity. I was going to say the blessing. Let's start with opportunity. Teach <laughs> <laughs> your words. To, to, see, to see them throughout those six weeks. Yeah. Like, do they get bored? Do they have enough to do? Are they a pain in the ass? And yes, are to, they? yes to all of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, they've been off for five weeks. They're going back next week. Um, I saw I saw this little um, meme on on Facebook saying it's just a funny little meme of a mum with a kid with a like backpack uh, backpack and a school clothes already on and going. I know it's still a week to go, but just walk slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's this sense I that you kind of yeah. need them out of your hair, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. As, as it does it change your routine much when they're at, at the home during the holidays or? Do you just carry on as normal and, and Michelle has to No, it is. It's definitely, for Michelle, them. it's different. I mean, I, I struggle to understand how people cope 
if you're both working. Yeah. Obviously, people do it all the time. Mm. So you, you find a way, right? You know, through some kind of camps, yeah. like, you know, like off sites and taking them to mates' houses and parents and stuff, like uh, yeah. grandparents. But for us, obviously, Michelle, her full time job is looking after our kids, yeah. which she's comfortable with. And I work from home. So mm -hmm. this year has been amazing for me to see and influence and engage and interact with my kids yeah, as they're nice. not thinking about school and they're starting and finishing off at home and a lot of the time during every day is at home as well unless they've got plans i suppose they're getting to the age now where you can have decent conversations with them you know when they're really young it's harder to to have these important conversations i suppose for you communication seeing them grow up like that 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 has been i was going to say that's probably been the I, I, hopefully the most reciprocal benefit yeah. of of the last five weeks for me engaging with my kids and for my kids to get a few lessons whether they like it or not yeah 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 <laughs> like <laughs> definitely um, got a choice holly's eight so she's um she's starting to get some level of level of independence now mm -hmm. independent thought having her own opinions wanting to do her own things but she's also of the age now where you can have those kind of conversations yeah so I'll give you an example. We were a couple of weeks in and I just felt that it was a bit Groundhog Day. Like, you know, wake up whenever, do some stuff, mm -hmm. probably just piss around on your iPad for far too long, have some breakfast, get dressed around midday. Yeah. And it wasn't we were being lazy. We just kind of, they fell into that groove for a few days. Mm -hmm. And I kind of pulled Holly to one side and Michelle was there as well. And I said, look, we got four more weeks of this holiday and it's going to go so quick. I remember as a kid, it goes yeah. too quick yeah. and you hate that last couple of days, that anxiety of having going to go back, back to yeah. school, man. It was it's horrible. It's the worst. It was like that Sunday night feeling. I said, it's going to come around before you know it. Yeah. And it feels like ages away. But how about you take some control? I know you're only eight, but let's not take that away from you. Why don't you take some control of what you want to do? A party. Instead, <laughs> instead of waiting for me and mummy to tell you you're going to do this and we're going here yeah. and we're going to buy you that, how about you write a list of things that you want to get done? Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. Like when you speak to an eight-year-old, I guess all are different, but the you have to really stoke the fire to get creativity going. Yeah. Because the immediate answer is I don't know. Yeah. And then the second answer is I don't know. You push again. It's still I don't know. <laughs> And it might even lead to tears and it's still, I don't know. And then eventually, you know, you, you let, you, you let it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the creativity starts to flow. And then she's writing down, I want to go to the science museum. I want to learn a new song on my piano. I want to take some professional photos with your, uh, with your camera daddy. Um, I'd like to clean up some of my kind of times table, like the, the high numbers. I want to make a meal for my mum from scratch without any help at all. Um, and there was a couple, and I want to read a book. She was read, started off reading a book. She wanted to finish it. Yeah. And these were her creations. Yeah. A little bit of input from us. And it's cool to see that she didn't get them all done. I bet the times table was you guys. <laughs> no kid wants to do no, that. It was, it was hers, but she hasn't advanced it. Yeah. <laughs> so she hasn't, she hasn't nailed them all. She yeah. hasn't. But step one was awareness that she has some control. Yeah. Um, we pushed on a couple of those doors that we felt were necessary, like the book. I wanted her to finish the book. Mm -hmm. She can read very well, and she enjoys it when she's doing it. Is it just a, the matter of finishing it? That's... No, she just doesn't want to do it. Right. So we actually put a quota, and I said, look, 
right, enough's enough. We've had a debate for a while. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to read 10 pages. I'll do the same thing. I'll read in the morning. Read 10 pages. Get your room. Rest of the day is yours. Just do me that. Yeah. And the argument, tears. And then she started <laughs> doing it. And then she got into the habit. And now yeah. it's like, yeah, I'll just do it. So then I pushed her a few days ago, a couple of days ago, because her mate was coming over. I said, your mate's coming over. She reads the same books. So mm-hmm. um, get this book done. You've got 40 pages left. And there's loads of drawings in it. So it's like next yeah. to nothing. Big text. Get it done now. No. Come on. No, I don't want to. I hate reading. You don't hate reading. I ask you every day and you say you enjoyed it. Yeah, but th- this is too much. I can't get it done. Yeah, you can. I don't want to. Go on. No. <laughs> and this went back and forth for about half an hour. And I was like, you know what? Enough's enough. Go and read it. And I was being, I had to put my foot down and give her some tough love. She went back in her room. This book that apparently was going to take all day and never f- be able to finish. She'd done it in about half an hour. Yeah. She finished the book in half an hour. She came out, you know, proud as you can be. This book was amazing. Read this, read that. She's now got that off her plate. She's yeah. done a book. She's, you know, that yeah, yeah. completion <laughs> is a, a really good, good right? feeling. Yeah. And now she's got the space and time to read another book when she's ready. But it was like encouraging her to take some action, to own her. She had a plan, but yeah. she wasn't executing against it. Yeah, yeah. And at eight, the eight, man, fuck's sake. Like, mm. they, they haven't nailed down, like, self-control and yeah. planning and forward thinking. But there's no reason why they can't start to develop those skills at eight. So they're the kind of things we've been doing over the last six weeks of gently and with love, especially the older one, encouraging her just to take some more control and ownership yeah. of her mood, her actions, her days, what she wants to get done, having some goals as opposed to just kind of seeing where it goes for six weeks. Well, that's weeks. the thing, right? When you're when you're younger and, and you're in the holidays, you, I'm sure you can remember, you you would sit around and wait until your parents would, would say, come on, let's go I'd here, or let's go there. Let's, games all yeah, day. you just, you wouldn't do anything <laughs> otherwise yeah. unless they, they were like, we're going to yes, go out and they can completely. take you out. Um, so I think if you've got your own mind and you can start thinking, oh, actually, I have got a bit of control and a bit of say, I think that's probably a really good lesson to learn. Even if, even if she is eight years old, she it's has the, just in, she has the capacity these... now, yeah, but she has not been enabled. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So that that's the difference. So I'm, my relationship with my daughter's a bit, you know, testing at times because I want her mm. to get the most out of life, and I don't see her age as a barrier. Yeah, but she doesn't necessarily want to grow at the pace I want her to, or mm. she doesn't want to accept the responsibilities that I believe that she's able to take. Man, they're going to be uh, tough girls in their own. No, you know what? They have the best life, Brim, man. You know, you've seen our house. You've seen their rooms. You know, they've got great toys. They've got the iPads. They, you know, they're allowed a lot of freedom. They see loads of their mates. Yeah. They get along with each other. We've got a really happy home. We eat great. We go out. We have social. They've got everything. Mm. Like, they've got a really good life. Yeah, yeah. But I want them. I, I I just want them to, st- whilst they're still pliable, mm-hmm. whilst they're still plastic, I, I'm going to start creating some idea of ownership, yeah, accountability, you know, take control of your your day, your week, mm-hmm. your month, your school term, school holidays, like have a plan, yeah. not like. I'm not asking her to put spreadsheets together and do like Gantt charts. You sure? But maybe. <laughs> She'd like that, wouldn't you? But but generally but, just have like, you know, takes like, this is your holiday, not mine. You're, yeah. it's more, you're more of a burden to me 
in these six weeks because we you know we can't get you out of our hair for six weeks then in that then it is you know you doing us a favor this is for you mm. six weeks off school enjoy the fucking time right yeah. make the most of it and she's old enough to start saying i want to go here do that see this person learn buy this. this learn that yeah. create the do this for the first time and this year was that opportunity to start giving her the keys yeah do you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. you can drive now go, go start driving your life a little bit yeah because otherwise it, like you say they've got they've got everything they can see their friends and they've got all the toys they want and things like that but then that can make someone comfortable and that's when you get into your comfort zone and you don't want to leave your comfort zone and it's easy to get in a rut and like you say they, they wake up and they go on their ipad where actually if they're in a challenging situation which you're creating then that just shapes them as a person um so i think i think you're you're onto something there where you're trying to test them where there's not actually that challenge beforehand exactly there's no consequence of them not doing it other than daddy might be a little bit pissed off and then you know there's there's a sense of wanting to please and also not aggravate me right so yeah. they're, they're trying to walk that line um and there is a sense of wanting to please so i get that i'm not trying to take advantage of that but at mm -hmm. the same time they are malleable and you you nailed it on the head just then when you talk spoken about on their their ipads they're both watching youtube like from the morning mm -hmm. or playing games and we allow that latitude because hey it's life right <laughs> we we need time and space away from our kids mm -hmm. this has them quiet gives, gives you that time <laughs> <laughs> they're quiet they don't give us sh shit you know they just get on yeah. with business and we get to have a line and then you know do what we got to do so it's a great tool to kind of keep them distracted but i just know i know how ineffective i become when i consume stuff first thing in the morning you know social media facebook instagram watching a bunch of youtube i know what it does to me yeah now whilst they don't have the responsibilities i have and the work i have to do and they don't have the burden of life at all mm -hmm. at eight and five i've seen it in them when they do that they're lazy as fuck for the rest of the day yeah you know they're still in their pajamas at one o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. they're moping around the house going what should i do what should i do they've got no creativity or their general kind of curiosity the or care for one another starts purpose. to drop yeah. yeah because it's just like i've just kind of like slid into today done some bullshit that just kind of kept me entertained in the moment yeah like for expedience i just wanted immediate gratification and at some point whether they know it or not they feel a little bit empty yeah after a few hours because we're halfway through the day we're still in our pajamas and we haven't done anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? Where you you do that and then you do get halfway through the day and you think I've done anything and kind of wasted the day and I'm and, talking and it, from experience. Yeah, <laughs> and it just feels like what the fuck have I I've done anything? You know, um, and it can leave you feeling a little bit flat and deflated. Um, whereas when you get up and you've ticked a few things off your task and you're, you know a few tasks off, you're like, I feel good. Like I'm 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 on fire today yeah and the day just keeps rolling and you feel good and then when you you do everything you can with that day and then you're done with it yeah there's there's, there's a balance between sucking the light light sucking the you know the fun out of life by being a fun hoover in a being a to-do list master do you know yeah. what i mean like I've just Can't like, everything is pre-scheduled and it's just got to be the plan and yeah, there's yeah. no deviation from the plan i can imagine for some people 
that's okay for others it would be intolerable yeah where they want the freedom and the independence and they just want to go with the flow that said you got to have a rough direction some of travel structure to you got to have some direction of travel yeah a sense of what achievement would look like for today yeah and if achievement is i'm just going to go see some great people drink some wine chill out have a great day with friends that's for me that's job done yeah yeah but if you don't think about what you're going to do the next day and the next day is a nothing day you've got no one else to blame other than you yeah do you know what i mean i think i'm i can be guilty of guilty of this sometimes because i i won't think ahead enough and we'll be like you know we'll be we'll be friday evening we might be watching netflix or something and then lisa will be like what, what are we doing what are we doing this weekend we need to plans we need to get stuff done and we need to have plans so that we actually do something for the weekend and i'm like eh, we'll kind of see um but i'm much work, better work, now but work kind of to... does, does that too doesn't it because like yeah. work kind of like doesn't give you the space to think ahead sometimes yeah and you're kind you know of in I mean? the moment and you're yeah. kind of just kind of ticking off tasks as you go rather than thinking ahead about tomorrow and the day after um and lisa she absolutely hates not having a plan she mm. loves having a plan you've got to stick to it and um but it's quite right because like you're saying you've got to kind of think ahead a little bit so that the next day you know what you're doing and you kind of have some sort of direction and plan as to what you're doing whether that is seeing friends whether that's washing the car or going to work or going shopping, it's, it's, you know? it's, a, it's about fulfilling your expectations versus yeah. having big expectations yeah like, there's days where you know i'll hit the gym in the morning on a saturday we'll have nice lunch together at home Michelle would do some errands around the house. The kids would play in the garden. I might read a book and then I'll do I'll do some gardening. Yeah. And that might be a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And we might not do much and then have dinner in the evening. And not much has happened. We've stayed at home all day. Yeah. But we kind of knew that was going to happen. And we did get shit done. You know, I, I hit the gym. I'd done the gardening. Michelle cleaned the house. We had great food together. The kids had fun a fun day. Yeah. But when I know that was going to be a Saturday and that is how it turned out, you kind of feel okay with yourself. Yeah. But if you assume that Saturday has got to be like a big bang, got to get loads of shit done, got to feel like as if I've really lived. Yeah. And that was your day, you'd feel a little bit flat. Yeah. Do you know because what I mean? It's, your, your it's, it's your expectation, isn't it, of the day? Exactly. Um, and actually that's something that, well, the other weekend we had planned to do so much in the house, like DIY, and we didn't quite get it all done. And it kind of almost felt like we had failed and we hadn't made the most of the day. And we're like, where's the day gone? Or where's the weekend gone? Yeah. Like this was our opportunity to do it. But it's problem is we just set our expectations too high. Put too much and on put the list. Too much in the list. Yeah, it's easy and to we, do. But now you underestimate like, how long things take. Exactly. And it yeah. always fucking takes longer than you think <laughs> with DIY. But By you like go five. I know. And it's just like, look, let's just put one or two things down and let's just nail it. Let's get that done. Any more would be great, better. but let's I've learned that the hard yeah. way through through doing adaptation stuff. I kept loading up. I kept thinking, oh, that's a 10-minute task. That's a 20-minute task. Yeah. I'll context switch to this. That's 30 minutes. There's 20 minutes there. Oh, there's, you know, that fits in an eight, 10-hour day. And you're still on the first one. But and yeah, because you've got to be time. in the right mood. Yeah. You've got to get the into the groove. If it's creative, you've got to stir that up inside your you. Power hour. Yeah. Well, When's your power hour? When 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 are you most you creative? Like... Um, it's in definitely in the morning. Is it? Yeah, yeah. And it's like if if I'm if I organise my day right, and it sounds lazy, but I get up at six, but I don't start working until ten. Yeah. Because I I like to that's just what I like to do. I work yeah. later, but mm -hmm. I start a little bit later as well. It feels right for me. So once I hit office at ten ten thirty, yeah, I've done 
so much for myself that I'm like ready. I've had I've had like kind of this kind of thinking time whilst I've been working out yeah. or doing some meditation and stuff like that, reading. I come here and I'm brimming full of ideas. I've written a few notes down throughout the last few hours of things I want to go do. Yeah. And I'm bursting with creativity and energy. And it typically, most days, that's up till lunchtime, have lunch. Yeah. And then second part of days, hopefully, if I've created enough momentum in the morning, just continue that momentum on. Yeah. But I'm not necessarily picking up big new tasks i yeah. might be continuing older tasks or doing easier things mm -hmm. i think uh going back to what you said about the morning like um there's a lot of people that just roll out of bed get changed and go to work there's no sort of mindfulness thinking about the day giving back to themselves i used to do that yeah i, I, I used I, to squeeze that time like what's the latest i could possibly I wake to up do that too yeah and yeah. you literally just roll out of bed get changed yeah, don't yeah. think about the day whatsoever you eat your breakfast go go to work do yeah. your work come home um but i think if you take time in the morning to like give back to you and think about the day and almost prime yourself i think you're going to go into the day much better and way more productive and therefore, you don't have to work as many hours because you're going to get more done in the time that you're actually working. Um, I and, think. Yeah, and no, I totally agree, Brent. There's, the um, there, there's, there. there's obviously a, you know, you can you can be quite excessive around how much time you give, like me. Mm -hmm. oh, I wake up at six, six thirty, and I'll, I won't start working till ten. It might sound like, what the fuck is he doing for that time? Yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm making something to eat first thing in the morning. I'm reading for 20, 30 minutes. Then I have a shower. Do you train? Or I do like morning, a cold shower, so I get my there? I get my head like like I get I light myself up like a Christmas tree. Basically, I do some meditation, then I have a tr uh, training session, and I'm not precious about how long it takes. If it takes you an hour and a half, you have your shower before the training session. I do, <laughs> no, but it's because it's that kind of cold Wim Hof shower because so it, it gets yeah. gets me fired up. I know I can perform better when I do it. It's yeah. a bit backwards, but yeah, you got you got Irish family. <laughs> bit back michelle has some orange family oh, i don't maybe it's just like worn off on me yeah yeah um but yeah i do i do it that way yeah and then I'll, I'll train and then once i train i'll just basically get get back in get into work because it's in the same space yeah and that kind of works for me but it doesn't have to be that excessive in that much time but even just putting half an hour aside just to do either something you enjoy or give something to yourself in this or, or plan ahead or or do some meditation or just have some time away from all the noise mm. just that alone can yeah. be really productive yeah i think um having even if it is literally 15 minutes because something because if i've got clients that are first thing in the morning uh actually this morning i had a client and i had to be there for uh 6 a.m so i woke up early enough that i could have a coffee and have a little bit of time at home before I had to leave because by the time I get there at six, I don't feel frazzled. I don't feel like I've just woken up, just got changed and gone. I've actually had time, quiet time, had a coffee, woken up a little bit, time to think about things. And then I go to work and I feel great. And yeah, it's six in the morning that I'm at work, but I don't feel tired. I feel alert because I've given yeah. myself that time. Yeah. It makes a big difference. It, it, it's difficult when people need to travel a lot though. That's, that's the only thing, right? Yeah. I and mean, I've, I've been there. I've had to do big, big commutes and, you then start going, or it starts becoming unrealistic to to fit Wake in a bunch of start. bunch of extra stuff before my travel. But keen off on on the kid thing, actually, um, this was I was thinking about this before we turned the mics on. And over the last six weeks, I've been helping the kids, you know, develop their taste buds. We've been eating loads of good food, 
we've been you know trying to encourage my younger one that's got a little bit of social awkwardness to blossom and i've really seen a massive change in her mm -hmm. through to the elder one i've taken some responsibility of her actions as we've said and, and yeah. really starting to enjoy taking some control and it got me thinking about like their their morning routine like you know doing the ipad first thing in the morning what what is that what are they doing what are they seeking even at that age and what they're seeking is immediate gratification yeah like they haven't got a plan right and they most kids don't so I'm not gonna, not gonna. I'm gonna cut them some slack there. They haven't <laughs> got a plan, and they want to immediately be satisfied. Yeah. And kids generally want immediate satisfaction. Yeah. They're not long-term thinkers typically. At that age, it's all about. I'm bored. I want to do something Play that time. entertains me now. I'm hungry. I need to eat now, and not thinking about tomorrow or the next day. But then, if you kind of, you know, if you extrapolate that out and you think about us as, you know, big grown-up kids. Um, have we changed our mindset sufficiently? Some people do a great job of this. Others are maybe guilty of not thinking ahead. And this has got me thinking about this idea of like um, consequences. Um, so there's there's the, this notion of first, second, and third order consequences. Mm -hmm. So the idea of um, are you acting based on the need for a first order consequence. I'll explain what this means in a second. Are you acting based on a second or a third? So let me give you an example. Um, diet, for example, right? So say you really want to have those donuts in the office. Yeah. And you know that it's, a, it's the kind of office that's always, always got donuts every day, right? And you just can't help yourself every day. You grab a couple. Mm -hmm. You're reacting off of a first order consequence. You you want it and you get it. You want expediency. You want immediate gratification. You enjoy the moment. Nothing wrong with enjoying the moment. Yeah. But what's the second order consequence of having a couple of donuts every day? Um, the consequences are likely that it, it potentially starts to throw off your diet. Yeah. Potentially puts you in a calorie deficit. Potentially puts you into a state where you make more bad decisions in and around that decision. And through time, good chance you're probably going to struggle with managing your weight. Maybe it yeah. starts to go up. Maybe start putting on a bit too much weight. Perhaps you get obese through a an immediate gratification without enough appreciation for longer-term consequence. Yeah. And then what's the third-order consequence of doing that? Third-order consequence if you overeat on a perpetual basis not, is not only you're going to get fatter outside of a desirable range, but you're probably going to do your health no good longevity diabetes or obesity uh related diseases autoimmune yep. conditions general kind of dysbiosis and lack of wellness yep. can can happen from a simple motivation towards a first order consequence which is about yep. expediency so then th that makes me think right you know are we thinking about generally as you operate your life as i operate mine how often am I driven towards expediency versus meaningful action? Mm. I'll give you another example. Reading. I used to hate reading. Uh, just like my, my little one, right? Yeah, yeah. I could read. I just didn't want to That's do it. Gets it from. I'd rather play video games. Yeah. And it's exactly the same. But now I've found the enjoyment of reading. Yeah. But still, when it comes to should I read, when it's a lazy Saturday afternoon and it's easy just to stick the telly on or do something else. Yeah. There is inertia. 
there's a bit of resistance to starting. Mm. Yeah. And especially if it's a new book, if, oh, if you haven't got into it yet. What's the second order consequence of reading? Or in the moment, once you start reading, you realize actually I'm quite enjoying it yeah, in the it's moment. Not that bad. Once yeah. you complete a book, book, you feel pretty good that you've got it done. Yeah. Uh, you're learning a couple of things throughout, especially if it's nonfiction, or yeah. you're entertaining yourself if it is a, a fiction book. But what's the third order consequence of reading and being a vivacious reader? Well, it's proven unequivocally prolific readers are smarter than people that don't read at all 100 percent. yeah you know it just it broadens your mind broadens your thinking capacity broadens yeah. your vernacular you know you become generally smarter with a high iq if you read vivaciously right yeah i think that's it's non-debatable beyond that you you learn new things you, you could potentially develop a a, uh, a new skill a new practice like for me my my reading in what was just an interest around health and fitness has now become a career yeah that's the third order consequence How of it's reading evolved, yeah right so and i can now look at that thing that looks a bit ugh, don't want to do it mm -hmm. but i now do it because i'm thinking about a third order consequence i'm yeah. thinking about meaningful action versus expediency yeah however i've managed to hijack the system whereby I've turned a negative into a positive. So the first order consequence has now become, I don't want to do it. So now I really enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. Now I read every single morning. First thing I do is to start reading. And I found joy in that in its own right. So I've taken a thing I don't enjoy. Yeah. And I've made the first order consequence enjoyable because I've enjoyed the meaningfulness You're of it. You're thinking about the third Do you understand what I'm saying? Does it, yeah. does it make any sense? No. Well, yeah. this is kind of, I don't know if this is a different way of putting it, but when I have people that come to gym and when they train, they're, they're, they're going through this sequence, right? They're, they, first of all, there's resistance and excuses. It, you know, I don't want to go. I'm too tired or I haven't got time. Da, 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 da. But then they turn up and they say, I didn't really feel like coming, but I, I did because I had a stressful day at work and whatnot. But now I'm here. It's actually not too bad. And then they do the workout. And then after they've done the workout, they feel great because they've done it. They've ticked it off. They've, they've, they've moved the body and got the blood flowing and whatnot. So you feel great afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and that's obviously more short term um, for the consequences, but they've gone through that sort of three stage almost barrier to, to feeling good. And I always say before, whenever you're feeling like that, when you can when you're thinking negatively towards the gym, you think I don't want to train, I can't be bothered. Attach your emotion to the emotion of how you'd feel on the third step, which is when you finish the session, because you always feel great. You always, you never regret doing it. You always feel glad that you've done it. So I say, so the minute, the minute those I negative agree. thoughts come in, you go, but think about how I feel afterwards. And now, and I've actually trained a lot of my clients to think that way. And the adherence I have from them is much greater because they all come in and say, because I know how much better I'm going to feel after. And that's what you're describing there in my mind is the second order consequence right. that feeling good immediately afterwards will be the second. Yeah. The high, the high level of meaning they could attach to that is what are they doing for their physicality, longevity, function, strength? What are they doing for the benefit of playing with their grandkids? What are they yeah. doing it for the benefit of their performance? Their skill? Yeah. There's a bigger picture that they're now supporting. Yeah. You know, looks, all that kind of stuff. And I'll give you another example. Like, I don't know about you, but well, no, I know, I know you do this actually because we've spoken about this. <laughs> right. We talk about it. You prescribe it. Is foam rolling? 
Yeah. So general kind of myofascial release, right? Yeah. When there's niggles and pains or when I'm when I think my body needs to perform an act in a different way, I might get after it with, you know, a lacrosse ball or a foam roll or start attacking some parts of, you know, my, my, my tissues where I feel it's still kind of clammed up. Yeah. Foam rolling is hideous. Mm. Well, it starts off hideous. It becomes some less hideous as you kind of work through yeah. some of the kind of knotted muscle. But it's horrible. Michelle's going through it right now. She's having to foam roll her quads because they've chronically been tight. And she's crying. Like, it's not an enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. It isn't. And if she does it on a Monday and I say, why don't you do it on Tuesday night as well? Already thinking about it, she's starting to threat and yeah. not want to do it and start thinking about other stuff because she remembered how horrible it was the day before. Yeah, yeah. However, she's now experiencing the second order consequence. It's been two weeks now. She's training much harder than she's ever done before she's squatting and lifting more than she's ever done before mm -hmm. and her perpetual chronic pain in her quads has gone mm -hmm. so she's gone from her quads are always hurting whatever she does immediately afterwards it hurts yeah. you know whether it aerobic class or whatever to hate doing the foam rolling to shit i'm not hurting anymore We've also fixed her squat. Now she's getting into depth in her squat and her hip flexors aren't going crazy. She's now found a position that works for her. And she, yeah. for the last year and a half, has said she hates squats. I think she hates most because she would always feel so uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. Now she's like, oh, I can I can actually move in space and enjoy it. She's experiencing the second order consequence. Yeah. The third order consequence is we're going to, you know, create the body of her dreams or at least the best body that she she can get and she deserves through being deliberate in progressive overload and doing things properly for once properly now yeah but beyond that she's investing in the future yeah in a functional body because we can see it you know at her age my age i won't say it <laughs> um she's already experiencing some messed up situations around tightness of certain parts of her body yeah and you think how is this possible you know She's a hypermobile hyper person, which yeah. means that most joints move more freely than everyone else's. Mm -hmm. Yet, she is so tight in some areas, I can't even understand it. Like, I I put, you know, the foam roller in certain places, doesn't hurt at all. She puts it yeah. there and she she's screaming. Sometimes she's it's actually, um, if you've got a weakness, that can cause it to be tight. So it might be there that she might be stronger in her hamstrings in the antagonist muscles and then the quads might not be quite strong and therefore kind of becoming almost like ligamentous and tight and holding on and there's a lot of tension there yeah but oh no we've worked we've worked out what it is it's, if you're it, coupling in that with strength training we've, we've kind of worked out exactly where it is we've yeah. kind of like diagnosed it is she's now on a path to recovery but she's investing in the future mm -hmm. of herself which is a a body that yeah. matches her age or is younger yeah that has a view into the future of a body that can move in space freely and is you know symptom free and is pain free that is much more significant and meaningful yeah. than the pain of the foam rolling mm. but sometimes you know we mix up these first and second and third order consequences because the first is too ugly too painful doesn't taste good enough. It's there isn't enjoyable. Now. Yeah. And the third feels too far away. Yeah. But the more we can look at actions in our life and think about the meaningful, 
yeah. and start to exchange meaningful for expediency. I'll give you another example. Um, just diet generally, right? If you think about what, you know, some of the decisions you make, right? And I've been there because I've eaten like crap for years. You know, I've had a hard day at work. I'm a bit stressed out. What I feel I need right now is the biggest plate of spaghetti bolognese followed by a Snickers ice cream. Yeah. And then maybe some alcohol. Sounds good. Yeah, and it does sound good, right? <laughs> but I would do that every day. Yeah. And then like get and then I'd have a massive pie. You know, like those big pies you can get from like the supermarket, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge ones. I have all of that to myself. With some potatoes on the side, some sweet corn, and then some ice cream. Big eater. Because I'd be like, I need that. Yeah. I, I need I need to have this. I, I enjoy it in the moment and you know, I'm all stressed out and I'm tired and I need it. But what's the second order consequence? Second order consequence mm. is I fall asleep immediately after eating. Yeah. I've got this carb crash, right? I'm just like, I'm wiped out. Yeah, yeah. Blood sugar's all over the place. And I would have to sleep immediately after eating dinner. And yep. this happened for about two years. But what's the third order consequence of that? Well, I put on 25 pounds of weight. I completely fell out of love with training. My body was in, in bits in terms of my mechanics because I wasn't moving. Yeah. Um, I was losing self-confidence. I wasn't me anymore. Mm -hmm. I always associate myself with an athletic young person. And looking in the mirror, I'm like, I don't look athletic or young. Mm -hmm. My fitness is to shit. My muscles have disintegrated. Yeah. And this isn't me I'm looking at. Mm. And that is then what drove my transformation from 2016 to now, which is I've attached myself to the third order consequence, which is longer term thinking. I, I want to be in good Bigger shape. Picture. I want to be confident. I want to have energy. I yeah. want to have creativity. I want to have great clarity of thought. I don't want to fall asleep after dinner. Yeah. I want to be in the best shape of my life. I want to live for the future. I want to have a disease-free, symptom-free body that can move through space. I want to be the best I can. I want to be my best. Yeah. And that is what drives the first and second order consequences around nutrition, around doing hard things socially around how I manage my alcohol and how I manage my going out through to the exercises I do and the deliberate, consistent hard work I put into the gym every single day. Yeah. I do that because I look and I attach to the third order consequence. Yeah, which really is just looking longer term and at the bigger picture. And I think if you, it's, it's the decisions you make here and now that dictate what's going to happen in the future. So it's going, it's making your decisions based off of what you've just said. So going, do I want to be this person in the future or that person in the future? Because the decisions I'm going to make now are going to dictate who I become. And it's looking at that third step, looking at a third consequence, looking ahead and going, you know what? It's not worth it. If I have that cake now, it will taste really good right now. It's going to taste lovely. But then, like you say, you're going to get carb crash, sugar levels all over the place after. And then, obviously, if you do that enough, longer term, you're probably going to be in a calorie surplus and you're going to put on weight and then your health is going to be at detriment. So Yeah, and I'm, I'm not trying to take a small in instance of one-offs one -offs yeah. and say the world is over as a result of you. This small decision you, know, grabbing you make one daily small piece of that cake. build up, right? Yeah, but it's, it's, been, it's, it's not being um, numb yeah. to these decisions, seeing them as decisions and understanding the consequences mm -hmm. and and having some standards. Like yeah. the standards are for the super majority of the time, I need to have a diet that looks like this if I'm gonna create the body that I want. If mm. that why is strong enough. The body, which is both 
healthy and looks great, yeah. then I'm going to have to make some decisions and my standards have got to be at this level 90% of the time. Yeah. If 10% of the time I let them slip, then I can manage that. I can manage controlling and directing my body shape yeah. if I'm on plan 90% of the time. Yeah. It's when these slip-ups become like a falling off the wagon, so I may as well just go all in. Yeah. And then that becomes your life. And you no longer think about third order consequences because they seem too far away, too distant, and what the fuck? Let's live for now. Yeah. I'm enjoying now, Steve. You sound like as if you have a shit life because you always paint it forward. Like, yeah. what about now? Are you enjoying today? Trust me, I'm enjoying today. Yeah. I'm enjoying today and I'm paying it forward. It's kind of like going back to um Holly reading her book. You feel good when you get to that third stage, when you've done it, you've ticked it off and 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 that feeling and you're kind of feeling like that all the time because you're constantly in a place where you're like i look good in the mirror i have energy you are you've arrived already but then you're making decisions today for how you feel now in the future so you're even though you're sacrificing now you're still getting the consequences of what you've done last week last year yes but here's here's the here's the the magic in all of this for, for me at least is when you can strongly associate yourself with the higher purpose, the the bigger yeah. picture, the meaningful stuff that you Way want to achieve. If you can attach yourself to that, you can transform something that would otherwise sound painful, unenjoyable, dissatisfying, and make it enjoyable. And that is where the juice is. Yeah. Like I for a lot of people, going to the gym sounds like hell. For a lot of people, eating the food I eat sounds boring for a lot of people getting up every day and without anyone asking me having to write articles mm -hmm. you know long form articles that are you know incredible amounts of creativity and energy that go sounds like a ball lake yeah but i enjoy it and it's not because i'm a weird fucked up individual that just <laughs> likes to give myself pain i've associated so much goodness from going to the gym eating with a purpose to thrive and enjoying the flavors as a result mm -hmm. and creating small things that when you zoom out at Adapt Nation, all the articles and blogs and pieces of content I create are to be able to feed the machine, the machine picture. of this thing that is going to help people be their best. And yeah. that inspires me. It's the third order consequence that gets me over the hump when mm -hmm. I'm having a creative block. And I just can't be asked. Yeah. Think about why I'm doing this. And I'll, no, this is why you've got to go and put mm. some work in today. Yeah. And that is, this is not, by no means trying to be a lecture. This is more really my own kind of meandering journey through life and understanding that as I'm starting to understand how I got to where I am today and more importantly, where I want to get to in the future. I need to find a way of thinking long-term, but enjoying the quote-unquote consequences of thinking long-term. And if I can do that, yeah. life is great. Yeah, well, you're attaching these positive feelings and emotions with the now um, for something that's going to benefit you later on. Whereas usually it's a negative, painful experience. Oh, well, I've, got to, I've got to study for every day for six weeks for this exam. That's a pain in the ass. I'm going to hate it. Yeah. Like if you if you frame it that way, you are. Yeah. And you probably won't do it, and yeah. then you won't do the achieve. You won't you do want. it, and you probably won't sit the exam. Or yeah. if you do, you fail it. Like finding a way to make both of those things work. That's where 
I think there's just unlimited um, capacity to grow. Yeah. I tell you what, I, one of the areas of my life I've struggled with this is finances. In, in the past, when I was younger, I would saving for me was a painful experience. I wanted to spend the money and do things now. And I was like, if I save, that means I'm not going to be able to do stuff this week or this month. Um, and I'm going to have to miss out. But in the future or in a, you know, maybe six months down the line, I'll be much better off and I'll have money in the bank and I can do more things. And would that work? That kind of story you were telling yourself? No, because it was, it was, it was a painful experience for me to miss out. I'd yeah. get FOMO. So I was getting fear of missing out. <laughs> so if you're not <laughs> down with the kids, um, exactly, clearly, but yeah, I would, so I'd, I'd get that and I wouldn't think about longer term. I wasn't thinking longer term, but then I started turning saving into a positive experience because I started thinking the third um, consequence for that is security, um, investing in other things that are going to help when I'm older. But it's harder when you're young. But when you're young, think it's that, that you know, thinking like that is just... It's when just, you're young, you don't... You, you don't yeah. it, it, you need, you're a special individual to be able to project out yeah. 20, 30, 40, 50 years when you're 15. You, but even six most, months, like I was struggling yeah. with like six, like six months. Now, I was just struggling to put anything away. Yeah. But I, I, but I, I was exactly the same. I changed the way I thought about it and how it's going to be in a, in a month, two months, three months, six months time. Um, and then eventually I started to save. And, and although sometimes it meant I couldn't do something that I wanted to do now, but now I can. I can. I've got the financial ability to do the things I want to do Plus now. Plus, you enjoy and it save when you do. When when you don't have unlimited stimulus, unlimited, you know, great stuff happening. Yeah, and those great things happen less frequently. Or, you know, those, those, those. You know, those those peaks in your yeah, life, yeah. right? You know, go, going out and you know buying this thing or whatever it is. When you have less of those experiences, they become more special. Yeah. If you make them special, if you, yeah, yeah. okay, we're going out for a meal tonight, baby, nice. let's go somewhere really nice. And we haven't been out for a few weeks and the food tastes amazing because yeah. it's been a while. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you go out and you Three go, our, our life yeah. is having, you know, going out to restaurants every day, it just loses its sparkle, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, you can if you reframe it that way and say, actually, I want to enjoy it spending my money so i'm going to yeah. spend it a little a little less frequently but the times we do go out or the hotels yeah. we go to or the restaurant or the holidays we have they're going to feel better yeah. maybe one because we can spend a bit more money but two we've kind of not had it for a while so this is going to be a bigger thing and i've mm. definitely found that that's been the case for us yeah and i guess i i mean this is a journey of how we evolve and how we think and how we grow as 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 humans and in time we just start to learn and like basically what you're trying to say here is look guys you you have the ability to decide and change how you attach to step one to the longer term thinking it's so doable and that's what you do every day now right and you in your life has changed i'm, hasn't I'm it? by no means perfect i have many 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 days but look how different where... your life is now compared to where you were i don't know say a few years back oh right? for sure it's different but at the same time i'm i'm an average normal person who has days where my motivation sucks or i'm just feeling a bit of self-pity you or... mean you're not perfect believe it or not man. <laughs> <laughs> man. but no there's, there's there's many a day where it just feels 
life's a bit hard. Yeah. It's a bit it's a bit of a bit of a slog, right? And you're gonna have those days. But not only thinking on these third order consequences are what can kind of motivate you to do meaningful work when sometimes the expediency of just wanting to enjoy yourself is quite strong. Yeah. You can balance that, you can continue to do work that helps you feel alive. But I also find that you have to manage your your day to set you up for success. Yeah. And we'll talk about this in another podcast, but you know, I'm a strong believer that you've got to orient your morning to support a successful day. We spoke about it briefly a moment ago, but mm-hmm. organizing activities that you know, even if you wake up and you've had a bad night's sleep or you've had a bad dream or you just wake up at the wrong side of bed, I'm going to do these three or four things mm-hmm. that when I do them, history has proven to myself that it improves my mood. And if I do that every single day, then it's almost like it becomes like almost a need, but the, but what it does for me is I can create a consistent level of enthusiasm and energy and creativity every day by following that plan every morning, which puts me in that state because I know I've got state-changing activities, gratefulness, meditation, a cold shower, whatever it is. I can do these things that get me in a consistently good frame of mind to be able to mm. do good work. If you look at some some of the people that have the most energy enthusiasm for life like tony robbins they all have a morning ritual they all get up early and exercise first thing in the morning that's obviously their routine but this is what they do they get up early they exercise um they will meditate um, and they will usually read and i mean they usually say that's because exercise is awakening the body reading is awakening the mind and um awakening the spirit through meditation that's their way of doing it but what what they're doing is they've got this routine that works for them and exactly. it's their day upright. And you look at these, someone like Tony Robbins, like he has crazy energy most of the time. We he know does. we don't know what he's like behind closed doors. He might be a miserable <laughs> git. Maybe. But, Maybe when he gets home and he closes the doors, he'll be like, oh, fuck, I yeah. hate it today. <laughs> yeah, for fuck's sake. God, I had to so, speak to all these people again. For this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, I'm not as good as you are with like my morning ritual, but use my diaries all over the place and I'll be in and out. But when I know exactly what you mean, because when you do wake up and you manage to run yourself through these three or four things in the morning, you just feel amazing. You just feel so good and productive. And it just sets you down. And it does sound, it sounds hard for people that don't have routine to consider putting a routine in. It can sound a little bit extreme almost. It can sound extreme. It can sound stoic. You're doing a lot of like, you're suffering. It sounds like you're having to suffer in the morning. No, I'm not suffering. Because when I understand what I do, whether it, it feels good in the moment or not, but the immediate second order consequence, right? <laughs> of the go. first order consequence of having a cold shower is it's fucking horrible. Yeah. Like Agreed. <laughs> like you're thinking, I really, really, really don't want to get under that, you know, that 15 degree, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, but it almost burns your skin. It's so cold. Cold water. Mm. but i'm like i oh, know i feel really good after i'll oh, just just fucking do it just do it you do it you get out turn the shower off you paint yourself i'd love it. to listen to conversations and, and now head. and now you're out and now you're like you lit up like a christmas tree and you're like i yeah. just have to remember the second order consequence that whether it's freezing cold when i wake up in the morning the last thing i want to do is get even more cold yeah or it's a daylight today it doesn't matter i'm going to do it every day until i don't know maybe i won't but for now i see it as a foreseeable commitment to myself because i need it 
mm-hmm. because it's a proven strategy to put me in a good frame of mind. Yeah. Now, can I get myself kind of, can I stumble out of bed and do good stuff? Yeah. But this is guaranteed for me. Like, You're not leaving it to luck. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I could do it and see how it goes. Yeah. Or I can do these three or four things and 95% of the time, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in a greater mood, yeah. greater energy, and I'm going to be able to attack the day the way I want to. Which then leads me on to, we spoke about first, second, and third order consequences. Yeah. Kind of where this all is taking me as I'm thinking about adaptation and what I want adaptation to be for others is to help you be your best, mm-hmm. right? And what does that mean? A lot of people can hear, be your best, and they can translate that to be the best. And that isn't what I'm saying. If you're trying to play this game to compete with 7.6 billion people, it's a losing game and you're never going to be satisfied. If you're trying to be the best, that is um, that's that's a, that's, goal. That, that's, a, that's a goal that's attainable by 0.001% of the population, yeah. if you're lucky, whether it's sport, whether it's finance, whether it's academia, whatever, you know. There's only very few people that can claim that spot. Yeah. The super majority of people, even in your neighborhood, right? Even in your friends, you might be the best at working out mm-hmm. out of your small collection of friends. But if we just widen that circle just a little bit, just a little bit, like include everyone in your town, yeah. not just your friends, you're probably not the best. There's always going to be someone stronger. You're probably faster, not, exactly. Quicker. And then as you continue to expand yeah. that circle out, you realize how insignificant you are. One in terms of you as a number. And two, in terms of your relative performance on X measure. So when I say be your best, I'm be not talking about best. competing. Yeah. Competing with Insta-famous people, your friends, your family, your co-workers, you know, the best in the world at X. For some people, it can inspire. Mm-hmm. For most people, it just creates huge distance between... Like, if I looked at Bezos from Amazon and I said, I just want to be like him... Like, there's a lot of travel <laughs> to occur from where I am today and where he is right now. And for every day I'm trying to advance, he's mm-hmm. trying to advance. And he's a beast of a machine. He's yeah, created yeah. this uh, incredible company. And if I can, if I, if I try and compare on any metric me against any of the bodybuilders I follow on Instagram. It's just a great way of disappointing himself. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be Simeon Panda. I'm not going to be Ulysses. I'm not going to be Arnold. Jeremy Brendia. Yeah. I'm not going to be Michael O'Hearn. I'm not going to be these people. Yeah. You know, most of those have got some form of testosterone exogenously kicking around. But <laughs> yeah, irrespective, yeah. that's a shit ton of hard work. And lots of lots of hours and lots of years. Yeah. Lots of commitment. And genetics. Genetics. So... Yeah. How about when when I say be your best, let's talk about first, second, and third order consequences mm. again. First order consequences, I want to be the best. I want to be better than my friend, yeah, my my peers, my colleagues, whatever. It's usually how it starts. It is. It's, the, it's a little bit of bravado, a little bit of fun competition, but yeah. you know that can own you. Second order consequence, being your best is be better than you were yesterday. So what does that mean? If anything, that's competing with yourself, right? That's saying, 
I'm competing with Steve from yesterday. I want to be better than how he showed up yesterday. Mm-hmm. So now it's competition, and competition comes with a bit of angst. It comes with a bit of, you know, a little bit of hate, a little bit of rivalry. But that's second order, mm-hmm. is I could take this idea of being my best and say, I'm going to compete with Steve from yesterday. I'm going to, I'm going to show him. Right, I'm going to lift yeah. more, do more, write more, whatever. <laughs> and that's cool. You can continue to live a good life if you look in a rearview mirror and say, I want to be better than that guy yesterday. How am I going to show up today and be a little bit better than yesterday? I think that's fundamental. Mm. Growing is fundamental. Yeah. Or you could take it to a third order consequence. And the th- third order consequence for being your best is paying it forward, caring and loving your future self. So now instead of looking in the rearview mirror and saying, I want to be better than Steve from yesterday, what can I do today to give a gift to Steve when he's 40? Mm -hmm. What can I do today to make Steve at 50 the happiest man alive? What can I do for my body, for my business, for my kids, such that my future self is better off than I am right now. And if you can think at that third order consequence, Mm -hmm. you look at today as a pain it forward moment for you. And look at you not as you look at it as someone you love, like your pet, right? Someone's got, they've got an obsessive relationship about their pets or their kids or, you know, your, you know, newly married wife where love is at an all time (laughs) high right now, right? You know, Imagine what you would do for Lisa or what I would do for my kids mm-hmm. in terms of the sacrifices I would make, yeah. the money I would spend, the the love I would I would show them both in my words and my actions to let them know that they're everything to me. Mm. How about we start to show that to ourselves, our future selves, give our future selves that loving encouragement and gift in the actions you take today. That for me is being your best. Yeah. That's the third order consequence. That is like a life where it's un- it's got unlimited growth because there's always a tomorrow. There's always a tomorrow self that you want to give to. And just think about how you could grow psychically, physiologically, mentally, academically, in from a career perspective, financially, whatever you want to measure it on. Yeah. Socially, spiritually, there's always growth every step of the way and it's finding finding what what you want to be I don't know, I'm going to restate this you might want to find something that you want to attach to saying i want to be good at doing this mm. but if you can zoom out a little bit and say it's not about doing things it's about being mm. how do i be my best yeah what does it truly mean and for me meaning is uh, I, for me, it's all about evolution. Mm-hmm. It's all about, I, I, we've spoken about this before, Brim, but for me, I think it would we would serve ourselves better if we zoom out from ourselves. Right? It's like the Truman Show, right? Zoom out from you and that the world is orient, you know, circling around you as an individual. You know, get out of your ego. Life isn't about you. Mm. You're one of 7.6 billion people. Damn. You are, you've lived on this earth for one twenty thousandth of earth's existence. So you're here for a blink of an eye. You're infinitesimally small 
in comparison to not just humans, but all the species on this planet, all living matter. Yeah. You're insignificant, both in time and number. Now I feel insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> however, <Did> however, <laughs> life is about evolution, right? Yeah. If you look at the bigger machine at play, what's the big machine? What's the, what's the objective of nature? It is to evolve. Because if things stay the same, I'll give you an example. New product comes out, new iPhone comes out. If Apple created a new iPhone and then through the next 50 years, that was it. They just left that new iPhone, didn't change it, didn't upgrade it. Whilst that was great, quote unquote, evolution, it was progress. Pro Evolution eventually declines and dies mm. because it hasn't evolved again. It hasn't improved. It hasn't, hasn't continued to be more, right? So it's a continuous need for adaptation. That, that's what nature needs. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to continue to adapt to deal with the stresses, the environment, the ongoing need for uh, survival of the fittest. Some things are going to die. Some things are going to thrive. We look at... That's nature. You look at dogs and cats. They've, they've done the best out of the animal... Well, one of the best out of the animal species because they've evolved with human and they've they now have this relationship with a human and they live in homes and get taken care of and they've obviously evolved. It wasn't deliberate they, though. It wasn't deliberate, no. They actually don't have the mental capacity to No, but plan. instinctively they would have known what to do in order to survive. And they came around humans because humans had food. Um so they would hang around and the story was that dogs would would bark and and ward off people so then humans were like great we can use dogs as an alarm or to actually scare people off if we give them food and dogs knew there was food there so, so there was a reciprocal there. So relationship was, yeah and then and, and that's sort of helped them evolve so just looking as far back as that and to how they are now um we've obviously evolved as a species and so have things like dogs i mean they don't have apple watches and iphones <laughs> yet but well look everything everything has evolved from bacteria yeah everything right that, that was the earliest form of life on earth and i'm not trying to be you know i'm trying to get into like nature shit for the sake of it the point i'm trying to make the kind of um connection i'm trying to draw mm. is that the bigger machine at play we are a tiny machine within a machine within a machine within this massive machine which is nature and nature is independent of us they don't care about Bryn jenkins and steve Pitazzi. Huh. nature cares about the advancement of life. So when you kind of kind of attach yourself to what your job is, Bryn Jenkins or Steve Katazi, your job is to support evolution. Because that really is what life is. That's nature, that's everything mm. is evolution. Yeah. And you might think, well, I'm one point I'm I'm one of seven point six billion. I've lived here for next to no time. What can I what difference can I make? Yeah being infinitesimally small as you've just told me <laughs> you know really really hit my ego and the reality is is yeah. that you can make a difference yeah because it's you have a role to play it's the job of all of us yeah to advance nature in some way right and there's some people that can can cr support evolution within their lifetime think about these people think about people that have made such a profound difference they've changed our experience as humans forever Right, you'd look at either it would be a Tony Robbins or uh, a Nelson Mandela, yeah, who changed 
the 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 life of South Africans forever yeah. in a hugely positive way. You look Bill at Gandhi. Gates. You look at and then you know tech technologists such as Elon Musk, who's changing the way in which we engage with cars. You look at Bezos, who's changed retail. Whilst you might think, well, that's business or that's just no, but behavior. If you, if you look that at someone... is evolution because we, as a species, have got smarter. We know more. We have greater opportunity. It's fairer. We're thriving. We're, we're looking after we're the earth. We're whatever. Yeah. Like if you look at like Bill Gates, for instance, he he's he obviously was in the technology era and he's building that up and then but what that meant was he financially could then help yeah, to eradicate diseases yeah, yeah. in other countries which has now helped humanity in certain areas of the world and it's like that's helping obviously evolution he's made a way. huge difference to to the world right then, both in compute and for his yeah philanthropic activity no, but, at, but he's got loads of money and you might say well i have none so how can I have the impact of Bill Gates? But your impact could be as little but as significant as just making, allowing your kids to thrive because that is nature. Yeah, you're you are carry it you're you're having them carry it forward. And as long as you can have your kids be slightly better than you, yeah, whether it be health status, whether it be longevity, whether it be smarts ability to understand the world do better. Your, do you reckon your kids will be better than you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> De definitely. Good life from the best, right? I'm, I'm better than my mum Yeah. in in measures, right? And I think she would agree, right? You know, she created a child which was able to independently think and through her encouragement is producing more for, you know, our family tree than she, she has in terms of, you know, various measures. And she would say the same about herself compared to her mum, mm -hmm. right? And that's not saying people before us didn't have any existence or worth of course not there's people throughout dotted throughout history that have made huge huge monumental change for us it as a species at that time but generally was... as 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 advancing populations we as a as a species are continuing to evolve you know mm -hmm. getting taller getting stronger generally people that's happening across the board now we're also fucking ourselves up with eating too much and obesity and chronic diseases but that's that's evolution yep. going the wrong way, but that's still evolution. Mm -hmm. We've, we're fucking with a system when we're hijacking it the way we have with food and the yep. way we've, we, we've kind of messed up with general movement. So the point I'm making here is when you think about being your best and then you think, okay, I want to be my best, but why? What's, you know, what, what much would I be my best for? Who for? Just for me? Mm -hmm. No. The reality is whether it's just for your kids, your friends, your local town, your community, your country, the world, whatever size or scale in which you view your impact, your impact is felt. If you're making someone around you slightly better as a result, because they are supporting evolution, they are supporting yeah. nature's need, which is to grow and prosper. And then, hey, through that question, you might be able to attach a very specific thing to it. Okay, I want to support that, but what do I do that helps that? And you might find a niche, you might find a career, you might think, I just need to be a great husband and a great father. It doesn't matter what you attach it to. Hmm. But you've got a means of acting in support of the higher purpose, and the yeah. higher purpose is just advancing evolution. Pushing it forwards. 
does that how does that sit with you i know it can sound quite lofty and abstract but does it does it connect with you well it emotionally answers, and mentally and physically about why Bryn jenkins well it answers the question why are we here because we've all thought that whether we like to admit it or not we all have at one point gone what what's the point like why are we here mm -hmm. and then you think about it and it's too too big of a thing to or big too big of a question to answer and you think how can i ever answer that question we're never going to know but then when you start thinking about nature and patterns and the past and how we're evolving it kind of makes sense that completely makes sense so it's like yeah we we all have a role to play in moving the species forwards that's it because um all species want to procreate and and evolve and multiply and grow and thrive and that's exactly what we're doing and we're our population is growing and growing and it's going to get to the point where we will probably take over another planet like elon musk <laughs> there we go. To Look, go he's, to, he's really know, going for it I'm now thinking ahead <laughs> i'm on third base here you you are definitely third yeah, order yeah. consequence yeah <laughs> <laughs> And um, but uh, Elon Musk, he's trying to get people. He's taking people to. Is it Mars? Is it yeah. Mars? He's taking. So, and I can see that happening. I can see how that would evolve, and it seems a bit lofty and crazy right now. But in the future, it won't be. It will just be the new Apple TV. Do you know what I mean? That used to imagine a caveman looking at a TV in yeah. 4K. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That would just be mind blowing. But it makes sense to me what you're saying it's like of course that's that's why we're here we are cogs in the machine as bad as it sounds we are cogs but we are cogs in the machine of nature and so we are... take your ego away but stop, it doesn't... stop thinking it's about you life isn't about you but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it love it yeah l have great impact to the people you love but at the same time contribute right mm. when people are driven only by first order consequences immediate gratification immediate expediency i just want things now to live in the moment but you're not purposely thinking about attaching any action towards advancing something forward you which in turn advances your kids or your friends or your colleagues or your business or humanity as a whole i can understand how that can feel a bit empty and yeah. a bit directionless and a bit why am i here what's the point because you haven't attached yourself to the highest level purpose which is in some way shape or form whatever i decide to do whatever actions i decide to take we're all here to do the same thing yeah just advance nature nature's need to evolve mm -hmm. and you're doing that right you're doing that through everything you're doing right now is impacting people mm -hmm. and you might say but it's insignificant no it isn't you're you're helping people you know find their fitness rehab off of uh, through injury so they can live a, a a safer, happier, pain-free life. Carry out their tasks. Carry out their tasks. Help them be better so yeah. then they can do more. And, and it proliferates. It's this, yeah. this cascade of impact through just helping a couple so dozen people that you're helping. You, yeah, you can affect one person. That might affect another person. That and you might, you might work with one person who has a profound impact on the earth. Yeah. But most of them won't. Most of them will just have a... Their impact will be five or six people around them. But that's all good. Mm -hmm. If you touch 50 people in your lifetime and those people impact six people, that's a big impact you've made. Well, and I think you... I think and I think the impact you'll have on this earth, Bryn, is going to be more than that. Mm. Because you, you want it to be more than yeah. that. But that is a noble cause, which is 
thinking about others, having compassion about people around you, not just the people that you love, but strangers. Yeah. And trying to better humanity. Yeah. That's a noble pursuit. And you can do that in a million different ways. Yeah. As you're doing right now. Exactly. And I think that's something to think about when, if you're in a place right now where you're just indulging on Netflix, Netflix, food, doing a job that doesn't add or bring any real value or we might add value in different ways in terms of entertainment, but may not. But you're not attaching value to it. So, yeah. And, and, and that's might be where you just ask a question. What, what do I want to do to, to move the species forwards? And I know that's a big thing to say, but that is kind of what we're saying here. And it's just thinking about it in a different light and then making your decisions off of that, because that's how you're going to have or feel fulfilled and have purpose because you know what your mission is and yeah. it also takes you out of you yeah because too many, you too, too, many, too many people unfortunately think about them and 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 that might sound like everyone's living a very selfish life no it's not about selfishness it's about perspective well take so i'd like if, if i can just expand on that there's people that may live in self-pity they're not living a selfish life in in the context of I'm living life to the fullest. It's all about me. I'm having a great time and I fuck everyone else. People that live in self-pity and self-doubt, they're thinking only about them. Mm. They're not providing value to others, but they're not necessarily loving life either. They're clearly not. They're not loving life. So they're not taking personal selfish value and they're not delivering value because Mm. it's all about them. It's all about me, my experience, what's happened to me, the consequences of life that just get thrown upon me and I can't control it and I can't direct this ship and it's just a fucking waste of time and blah, 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 blah. Shit happens all the time. A lot of stuff happens outside of our control, but what we can control is how we feel about it and what we can control is meaning we can attach to the actions that we take. Yeah. How can you show up to add some value? And that requires you to think outside of you, outside of your ego. Mm-hmm. That random who walks the street, that walk down the street just then, like, how can you make his life slightly different? Not just your kids. Mm-hmm. And that for me is where I'm at right now, which is going first priority order, get my shit together, my house, me. Mm-hmm. Second order for me, get my family shit together, care for them, give them everything I can, care for the people that I most directly impact and who most directly impact me. But where the juice is for me is being able to extend that love, that compassion, that care, that want, that desire to help to people that I don't know. Yeah. That's where the goodness is. Because now you're helping you're helping at a scale that can make mm. a difference and you're not driven by your own ego. Like I'm helping my my daughter because she's my daughter. Mm. There's still a level of selfishness yeah, there, yeah. isn't there? It's impacting me. It still, how, yeah. about I imp- how about I help this random who's just walking down the street? I've got no idea who he is, what, what he's about. You know, might be someone I previously would have hated because yeah. of what he likes, what he dislikes. But can I make his life slightly better? That's mm. value. Yeah. And and you're not going to get that. You're going to do it to someone that's not necessarily going to tell people you know how... Uh, how kind you were about it. You're it's doing not about it ego. It's a selfless act and it's not, yeah, it's not your ego and you're just helping that person. Um, and I, I just think it's easy to mull along in life and forget that we do have purpose. I'm not saying that we have the answer here, but when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. So then you go, well, like when I was younger, I was just mulling along through life and I was spending money on clothes and going out and watching 
programs that I wanted to watch and but never thinking about how I can help someone or help do something that was productive that was going to actually move something forward for longer thinking again it was just about the here and now what can I do to feel good mm. what do I want now and that I'm not I'm uh, you can't judge your your younger self for that no, just, it was this is your pro easy. this is your process of awakening and understanding why Bryn yeah right and you didn't know that answer when you were younger and you've got a developing mind which is maturing and trying to understand lots of complex shit like you know pubes and like you know <laughs> t testosterone flooding through your body and girls and <laughs> yeah. all sorts of shit right there's a lot of self actualization and realization that occurs when you're young right it's yeah. all about yourself because you just feel vulnerable and exposed and what the fuck's happening to me but as you get beyond that and you start to settle in on life, then these questions start to come up, which is, okay, got through that growth, which yeah. is physical in nature. Yeah, yeah. Now what do I do mentally? And how do I make a difference? And I'm glad we're having this conversation, man, because if, if the only two people that are impacted by this conversation are you and I, it's helped. Mm. But I'm exactly. hoping the people that are listening, for some people, this will be new. For others, it might be a reminder and for others still, it's like, yeah, I've been doing this all my life, Steve. Yeah. You teach me how to suck eggs. I don't care. Yeah. The reality is if we can all up-level ourselves mm -hmm. to a point where we're thinking beyond ourselves and we're thinking beyond the first order consequence, shit, there's a, a lot of goodness that can come from, from the next tide, 10 years. Higher tide raises all boats. So there we go, just man. Just trying to rise that tide. And the thing as well, I always think, is how lucky we are in this era as we're talking about evolution is the what the internet has given us because someone has created the internet the internet has made things more scalable quicker and accessible which means that we now that's we evolution. now are talking into microphone that can help the internet is evolution man it's like crazy. whilst it's not our dna it's fucking evolution at hyper scale in terms of what we're able to create yeah. and change about how we show up as a species because of this interconnectedness it is huge yeah yeah our dna hasn't changed but trust me as a species, the result of the internet is massive. Huge. So what can you do? What can you do technolo technologically that can yeah, change yeah, yeah. the pattern of human species? That's what I say. Yeah. Have a think Agreed. about that. And on that bombshell, guys, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And listen, Adaptation is all about providing you with all or some of the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you, guys. Cheers. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.